0: Well, good morning, church. Uh, As Kerry said, it's exciting times. Only five more days until Christmas. And for some of you, if you're like me, you're really excited, can't wait. I love this time of year. For others, maybe your anxiety levels just peaked a little bit when I mentioned that. There's just always more to do, always things that have to happen. And it's the time of the year where we start wrapping up things and we have end-of-year celebrations, which are great. These are awesome things. But we tend to find that, ironically, our sense of peace might be running a little bit low, even though this is the season where we celebrate Jesus, who is the Prince of Peace, who brings peace To us, But don't worry, there is hope. This morning we are going to be talking about peace. Um, We are in our fourth part of a five-part series in Advent, where we look at the five gifts that Jesus brings and that he represents um, when he came to earth. And so we look at hope, the gift of hope, the gift of love, the gift of joy, the gift of peace. And this all culminates on our Christmas Eve slash Christmas Day service where the gift of light. And so I want to begin by reading a part of the Christmas story that I absolutely love. This story warms the depths of my heart. It reminds me of the reason and the expectation of a saviour being born to us. And we're going to be reading from Luke in chapter 2, uh, where the shepherds are met by the angels. And Luke is actually very brief in his description of the birth of Jesus. But this has happened. This is just the first part of this chapter. Jesus is... Well, Mary and Joseph have travelled to Bethlehem, they've had Joseph in a stable and he's now wrapped up, swaddled in cloth in a manger. And while this is happening, another story is going on that is intertwined out on a hillside. So let's read starting in verse 8. That night there were shepherds staying in a field nearby, guiding their flocks of sheep. Suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared among them. And the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. They were terrified, but the angel reassured them, don't be afraid, he said. I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. The Saviour, yes, the Messiah, the Lord has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David. And you will recognize him by this sign. You will find a baby wrapped snuggled in strips of cloth, Lying in a manger. Suddenly, the angel was joined by a vast host of others, the armies of heaven. Now, let me just say, that's a terrifying prospect. I used to be really confused as to why the angels, uh, not the angels, why the shepherds were terrified, because in my mind, it was a choir of angels dressed in white robes with their hymnals out. Singing, And I've never seen a choir and thought, whoa, I need to be, get out of here. You know, it was not a terrifying process. But this is the armies of heaven have come to declare a message. Must be an important one. So if we continue reading, suddenly the angel was joined by a vast host of others, the armies of heaven, praising God, saying, glory to God in the highest heaven and peace on earth to those with whom God is pleased. When the angel had returned to heaven the shepherds said to each other let's go to Bethlehem let's see this thing that has happened which the Lord has told us about. You see we're going to focus in on verse 14. The Lord's angels that the armies came to declare a message to declare peace Onto all believers. It says, peace to those with whom I am pleased. And that's you and me. And I think the fact that these were these were heaven's armies, they kind of had a bit of an authority to, to say that. We're declaring peace. Does everyone have an issue with that? I certainly don't. In fact, I would like peace. But you see, there are very different kinds of peace that we can experience in life. There are many different kinds. In fact, the Bible uh, not the Bible the dictionary a very different book the dictionary defines peace in these two ways firstly it defines peace as freedom from disturbance or tranquility secondly it says a state or period in which there is no war or an end or, or a war has ended sorry now these are good things and uh, i think that uh, Jesus would definitely not disagree with these things like that would, he wants these things for us, but if we take this definition of peace this with the um, based on external things and put that on the promise that the angels have have pronounced over us that Jesus would bring, we'll find that we will probably be disappointed and we lack the depth and the breadth of the kind of peace that Jesus brings. you see. In this life, we will always come up against trials and sometimes conflict and disturbances. Even Jesus himself, who had this kind of peace, went through trials and was in conflict. I mean, very often Jesus was in conflict with the religious leaders at the time who you know, would ask him questions with bad intent, mainly to trip him up and to try you know, disprove him. And so he had conflict in his life. He also had disturbances. Often, when he would try to, to go and rest, people would come and want to speak with him. And, and so his idea, well, what was going on had to be changed. You know, there wasn't this tranquility and this seamlessness within some of his ministry. And yet he had this peace. In fact, in verse fourteen—no, sorry—in chapter fourteen of John, verse twenty-seven, it says this. Peace, this is Jesus speaking. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give you as the world gives. So do not let your heart be troubled and do not be afraid. You see this description we have of peace is is, is the only sort of peace that the world can give us. You see the world can give us peace in the absence of conflict. And perhaps in a moment of peace when there's a reprieve from the trials of life. And these things are good. I want to keep reiterating that. This kind of peace is good. But the kind of peace that Jesus offers us is a lasting peace that stays with us even amongst disturbances, unrest, conflict, hardship, and uncertainty. It's steadfast. This brings me to my first point this morning, and that is that the peace Jesus offers does not rely on the absence of conflict. It promises the presence of a peace greater than our circumstances. That might be a little bit wordy, but I think it says it. The peace Jesus offers does not rely on the absence of conflict. It promises the presence of a peace greater than our circumstances. It's the kind of peace that comes over you that transcends the circumstance. You know, when you find yourself, you know, with all intense purposes, every reason to be anxious or afraid or uncertain, you know, you have this sense of peace. And I think some of you could even attest to that. In fact, maybe a lot of you have experienced that at some point in your life. This should be good news for us. Because although God's deepest desire is that there would be no more conflict and suffering, in fact, he's going to deal with that when he comes again. You know, Ultimately, God will deal with pain and suffering and, and conflict. But even as we live in a broken world, marred by the effects of sin, God's goodness and love and mercy for us is so much that he has given us the gift, well, offers us the gift of peace that transcends external forces. I actually remember such a time when I was blindsided by a conflict that I just I did not see coming. Um, could I just, Megan? Could you go me a drink of water? That'd be great, thanks. I remember this time I was in my late teens. In fact, I was in grade 12, and we just had an awesome night at youth group in Maribor. It was it was really good, a lot of fun, and as me and my mates often did, we didn't want the fun times to end, so we headed down to the local macca's and grabbed a bite to eat and were chatting away and it got to the point um, so late that is closed and well the party was still going we had such a good time we wanted to hang out in the car park um, and, and chat away and as we were talking a group of young guys about the same age as us walked past and one of them who struggled to walk a straight line was like hey how's it going kept, I'm like oh not bad he kept walking and uh I was just like, wow, that guy is off his chops. Like, He's had too much to drink tonight. But we didn't think anything of it. I kept chatting and we were about to leave. And as I opened my door, um, my mates were waiting for me to unlock. I didn't have central locking. That's actually important to the story. Um, poverty pack. But I unlocked the door and this guy is just staring at me as he's walking past again. I'm thinking, oh, maybe he just needs a friend. I'm like... Went to say hello. And in the moment, instead of going, How's it going? I went, How's it going? And he took it the wrong way. Mind you, I think he was just looking for a reason. But he's like, Do you wanna go with me? And he just got super aggressive and in my face and was just yelling at me, going, I'll go ya, yeah, I'll go ya. Yeah. And my mates blessed their hearts. They didn't help much. Saying he didn't do anything. He doesn't want to fight you. You should just go home. This is going to be. And I was just like, whoa, whoa. And I and I couldn't turn my back on him because I just I was stuck. I'm like I can't turn away and get in the car because I don't know what he's going to do. And eventually, he realised that I I wasn't you know being the antagonist, but my mate was. So he walked around to my friend. And I finally hopped in the car, unlocked the door, but now he was stuck. And I hopped out again. I'm just like, get in the car, get in the car. And I had this sense of hopelessness. I can't physically change the situation. I, I can't find a way out. I am stuck in this moment. And I shot up a prayer to God. I'm like, God, you're going to have to do this. And in that moment of surrender... My heart was no longer troubled by the fact that I couldn't, I couldn't control the situation. I had this overwhelming sense of peace. And the thing to remember is the circumstance hasn't changed, right? This guy is still in our face. In fact, in that moment when I, when I had this sense of peace and my heart was, was no longer troubled, I, I was then not afraid to look beyond the situation, and to look for what God might be doing. And when I looked, initially it was scary, because all of a sudden I realised there was a lot more people there than initially there was, and I didn't recognise any of them. And they weren't too um, interested in de-escalating the situation. But the peace was still there. And eventually I saw another young bloke running across the road, And normally you'd think, oh, great, just another person joining in. But I knew that this guy was sent from God, that he was good news. And when he ran across, he grabbed his mate who was being aggressive. He's like, come on, dude, I've got the the, uh, taxi. Let's just jump in. I'm sorry, guys. I hope you have a good night. Yeah, Yeah, here's your drink. Sorry about that. Yeah, see ya. And he just took his friend and they left. I mean, it's a crazy situation to find yourself in. And it's, it's one that just builds anxiety and fear. And yet, I had this sense of peace that no matter the circumstance, it's going to be okay. God is with me. And it came before the circumstance changed. My heart was no longer troubled when God sent his peace into my life. And I wasn't afraid to see what he might be doing In that situation, I wonder if you've experienced that before where you've been in a situation or even not just a conflict, but maybe you're concerned about the future. You're concerned about maybe a doctor's prognosis or something along those lines, and you're just, there's nothing you can physically do. God offers this kind of peace, this reassurance that no matter the outcome, I am good and I am with you. You see, the more and more I talk with people, the more and more I realize that one of the key things that robs people's sense of peace is anxiety about the unknown. I don't know if I'm going to pass this grade. I don't know if I'm going to have work. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. And anxiety builds up. The cool thing about the kind of peace that Jesus offers for us is that our future is no longer uncertain because ultimately the peace that he gives us is peace between us and God. He provided a way for us to be whole with God, to be at oneness with him. And so, spoiler alert, in the end, if your faith is in Jesus, Jesus wins the battle. And our, our eternity is secure in him. So our future is not uncertain. We have a certainty and so we can have a peace in that. So, how do we receive this kind of peace in the midst of turmoil and, and conflict and, and anxiety? How do we have this kind of peace? Well, this brings me to my second point this morning. To receive the peace Jesus offers... We must let go of our circumstances in order to hold on to Jesus. Let me say that one more time. To receive the peace Jesus offers, we must let go of our circumstances in order to hold on to Jesus. Now, I'm not saying that we should, be, um, we should give up on what's happening in our lives and maybe just act passively towards everything that's going on. What I'm saying is, there needs to be a shift in our mentality. Often we look to things of this world in order to give us our identity and our anchor and our hope. For some people it might be their family dynamic. You know, It might be that I have consistency within my family or I desire that in my family. And you fight for that. And it's a, it's a good thing to fight for, but when we put our identity in that, what happens is... If something were to happen within that family, an argument, a sickness, or whatever it is, that shakes our sense of peace, our sense of um, certainty. And anxiety builds up and peace decreases. Sometimes our sense of identity is in our work and what we do, and we invest into that. Again, it's okay to invest into what we do, but when our identity is light in it, is, you know what I mean, (laughs) is in our work, then that is shakable. That's something that can be taken away from us, but Jesus cannot. So we must let go of our circumstances that we're trying to hold on to in order to hold on to Jesus. You see, when we do that, it does a few things. Not only does it bring a sense of peace in our life, that peace also helps us to see more clearly. More often than not, we end up seeing more clearly what is going on. In the passage that um, I read out before, when Jesus said, you know, peace I give you, my peace I give you. Do, uh, I do not give to you as the world gives, and so do not let your heart be troubled. Right? Do not let your heart be troubled, and do not be afraid. Remember, when I was in that situation where things were going hectic, I felt like my heart was no longer troubled by the fact that I could not control this. And this is what happens. We have this sense of okayness with what's going on. And it allows us to not be afraid to see what God might be doing in this. When you're in the storm, God may not send the storm, but he can definitely do stuff in it. So do not be afraid to see what God might be doing. In the storm, and He will be with us as we travel through it. So, here's my question for you this morning What's robbing you of the gift of peace right now? What is it in your life that you're holding on to instead of holding on to Jesus? Is it anxiety for deadlines at work or for uni assessments? Perhaps you're worried whether you'll have work at all, especially in this climate. Maybe you're dreading catching up with family over Christmas because you just know that there is going to be an argument between certain people. Whatever it is, I want to encourage you this morning to be okay with letting Jesus take the reins, letting go and and then holding on and receiving the peace that he is offering you. Let me, cl- let me just give a disclaimer. This, this doesn't necessarily mean that you're not going to experience trials and troubles, but at least you have someone who's greater than them to walk with you through. So what I want to offer for you this morning is in a moment I'm going to pray for you. And I want you to take some time to just let go of these things, to allow Jesus into that part of your world and receive the gift of peace. Let me pray for you guys. Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you that in your love and in your mercy for us, that you stepped down to earth and provided a way for us to be at peace with God for us to be in right relationship with him. And, and Jesus, you so desire to be close to us. Lord, when life gets too, too much for us, and possibly even before we get to that point, God, help us to remember that you are greater than anything this world can send. And God, help us to live with open hands Lord, with open hands, we let go of the things that are holding us down and holding us back and creating anxiety in our lives. And with open hands, we receive your mercy, your grace, your love, and your peace. God, as we prepare to to celebrate your birthday, Jesus' birthday, Lord, help it to be a time of, of love for one another, of joy for the future. God, and of peace in our hearts. In your precious name, amen.